thanks so much for joining Making Healthcare Work for You, Different Perspectives and Empowering Solutions. I'm Stephanie Fields, and today I am joined by Akash Magoon and Amon Magoon, who are co-founders of Adonis. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks, Steph, you, thanks, so much, uh, thanks so much for having us. We're uh, excited to be on uh, this time for the second for the second time, but this time together. Yes, I know. I'm excited that you guys now have this shared story together to tell about your all the great work that you're doing. So whoever wants to take it away, why don't you tell us about Adonis, what you're doing, and how you're trying to change the industry? Adonis is a revenue cycle intelligence and automation platform that is tuned specifically for healthcare organizations of varying uh, different shapes and sizes. Uh, within healthcare today, uh, annually, the United States, we spend about $4.3 trillion uh, in expenditure, and nearly one of every seven of those dollars is actually attributed to the cost of collecting revenue from both patients and payers, as well as other insurance-related activities. So when you zoom out and you think about the sheer amount of money that's going into just collecting revenue, if you're a healthcare organization, uh, it's in excess of $600 billion annually. And so Adonis as an organization looks to automate the end-to-end -end revenue cycle for healthcare organizations through a combination of data integrations that we have with the systems of record within these healthcare organizations, and then installing automation that's powered by machine learning. If you think about the, the typical CFO or COO of a healthcare practice group, uh, they typically have to make a pretty big decision around how to manage their revenue cycle and submit claims to insurance companies, but also collect responsibilities from patients. And it's pretty surprising to us that almost always the best option that any of these CFOs have is to outsource that function to a third-party group uh, known as the medical billing organization. And these groups typically are charging 6 7 8% of that clinic's top-line uh, number. Uh, in terms of their fee to collect. Uh, and that was always the second most surprising thing to us about their relationship. The first most surprising thing is that most medical groups have a 86 to 88% net collection rate, which means that CFOs are almost always leaking over 10% of their revenue uh, in rejections and denials and money not coming back from insurance companies. And so that was one of the founding principles of Adonis, which was how do we build a, a software experience that can actually automate the medical billing process while decreasing the cost effect at the same time. Why are there so many denials? Because it seems like people have insurance. In theory, there's you know prior authorizations. You get approved for these things. So what causes that? Why is there such a big hangup with all of these denials? From, from our experiences, there's been really like three big buckets of denials. Um, the first bucket of denials are uh, what we would classify in the clerical and typographical bucket, where because so many of these systems where the data lives uh, aren't really speaking to one another, uh, these medical billers are humans that are taking information from systems and putting it onto claims, usually manually, uh, which is prone to a lot of uh, random error. Uh, for example, you submit a claim uh, for somebody named um, Sarah and the, the medical biller by accident marks that she's a male instead of a female, that'll get denied. If you put somebody's birth date that's incorrect on the claim, that'll get denied. If you fat finger the member ID or the group ID, that'll get denied. And so that's a pretty big bucket of, of claims that uh, we think can be 
completely mitigated with better connectivity between systems. Uh, the second bucket of claims are claims that are denied for some sort of medical or clinical reason. Uh, Aetna might deny a claim saying that, uh, hey, dermatologist, you removed a, a mole from, from somebody's um, hand, for example. Uh, we don't think this is medically necessary. Prove to us why it's medically necessary. And then the third bucket of denials is around uh, eligibility, which is this patient actually eligible for this benefit with this doctor and this insurance company? Uh, and we think bucket one, the clerical and typographical errors are completely avoidable. And then on the eligibility piece, if you intake a patient properly and you're validating their benefits prior to a visit, that can be completely mitigated as well. So much of what you're able to do is help eliminate these claims from even happening, the denials from even happening, because as you've been doing this for almost a year now, your machine learning is allowing you to take the entire data set that you have and learn from, like you said, the denial in the case of something being removed from a hand. Why is that medically necessary? So if there's another similar claim that comes through, you guys are able to proactively go in there. So how important is that advantage to be able to use all of the data that you have and apply the machine learning for the benefit of these providers? Something that we say all the time is that uh, the answers to medical clinics denials and biggest revenue cycle issues lives within the data that they already sit on top of. Uh, and so it turns out that many of these denials that happen are happening over and over and over again. Uh, but because the medical billers that are the only ones actually seeing these denials uh, are oftentimes so in the weeds on the individual work that they're doing in that given day, they don't really have the ability or the time to zoom out to look at the bigger picture. And so that's something that Adana spends a lot of time on not only within individual customers that we have, but throughout all of our customers that we have in specific specialties. And so when we have uh, a derm clinic in LA that might have a denial from Aetna for XYZ reason, uh, and we're submitting a similar claim for a different customer of ours that might be in the Northeast to a similar insurance company, um, our machine learning models and our claims engines are actually picking up on those rules uh, pretty instantaneously. And so we're making sure that those mistakes aren't being made over and over again. Uh, but it's a continuous game of cat and mouse, in our opinion, because the insurers on the other side constantly are changing their rules to make it harder and harder to get claims approved. But benefits and schedule of benefits are often times changing as well um, year over year as Americans enroll in new benefits. And so it's a, co a continuous game of cat and mouse, and there's never going to be uh, kind of a done in our space. It's always going to be continuously learning um, how do we get claims across at very, very high accuracy levels. What does this mean to the providers in their daily life? Does this eliminate some of the frustration that they have? Does it increase their profitability? Does it increase their ability to treat more people? Or what does their life look like? Because it seems like there would be an immense burden eliminated by having this solved for them. So if you think about some of the things we learned coming out of uh, the, the COVID pandemic, which, um, you know, accelerated a lot of the trends that are already taking place, provider burnout and administrative burden have been kind of at the top of the list of, of things that have been shown to be the biggest vulnerabilities in the healthcare system. And uh, when you think about a healthcare organization, they're spending so much time, money, and resources to get paid by both patients and payers. 
And so creating more consistency, more predictability at a lower cost for the healthcare organization means that they can now shift their focus away from revenue collection activities to improving clinical outcomes, being more competitive as an organization, uh, and ultimately driving the cost of care down. And so um, by alleviating the healthcare organization of this quandary that is revenue cycle, uh, we're really poised to make a significant impact over time and in aggregate and in, in a macro perspective on how care is delivered uh, in the United States. And that's something that I think Akash and I are most excited about is the macro impact of what it means to um, create less um, pressure on, on, on these healthcare organizations. If you're a physician uh, entrepreneur that's running your own clinic uh, or even slightly larger clinics that have operation teams, um, it, it's it's still very mind-boggling, mind-boggling to us that revenue collection is such a big area of of pain in terms of running those businesses if, if the three of us decided to go start a coffee shop for example one of the first decisions that we'd probably have to make is figuring out uh what point of sale system that we use and we'd probably call up square or clover or one of the competitors and we'd realize that they charge a transaction fee for every credit card we swipe which is pretty status quo uh, but if if at the end of the month we knew that we were supposed to be getting a thousand bucks back from all the credit cards you swiped. Uh, but Square came back to us saying, hey, we're only going to give you 87% of what you thought you were getting. Uh, that would make it pretty hard to run a coffee shop. That means that we can't go order the next uh, supply of beans or cups or marketing material. Um, and if if this same challenge existed running any other sort of retail store, uh, in our opinion, it, it would be it would really stifle the, the pace at which people would probably go into business. But this has been happening in healthcare for so long, which is why, in our opinion, uh, most uh, many physician entrepreneurs have um, decided to, you know, sell their businesses or get them rolled up by private equity firms, for example, be given given the burden of the administrative component of selling into healthcare. And so, in our opinion, physicians should be able to focus on what they do best, which is providing great care, and and the rest of the operational part of uh, the business should be something that uh, you can be able to partner with a vendor on or another third party to make that as seamless seamless as possible. I love that analogy to the coffee shop because that does put it into, into perspective, you know, when you're really expecting that and then you don't. Because I think with healthcare, honestly, we've kind of become immune to these issues. We're just like, okay, that's how it is. We We don't expect a stellar experience which is unfortunate because we should. It is literally the health of us. And in the case of the providers, the health of their business, which is their livelihood. So you've, you told me in the pre-interview that you really love working with some of these smaller independent uh, physicians who have their own offices because they're the ones that may not have the resources to have these massive systems that may have less problems. And so you, as Adonis, can sit on top of their existing systems and then provide this world-class service to them. So when you work with them, what is that experience like when they see that they, they've probably been experiencing this, you know, 87% of their claims coming through, and then being like, oh my gosh, we're in the 90s. Or how, where, what, what does that look like for them when they start using you guys? Sure. It was uh it, it's really important to us to for us to have a very 
seamless onboarding experience for our offering such that physicians don't have to, or the practice owners really don't have to do that much work in adopting Adonis, uh, but also we can start adding value as fast as possible. And so uh, Adonis actually uh, comes in with a pitch where we're able to integrate with the existing tech stack that already exists within a doctor's office. Most clinics are using uh, really like three different types of technologies within their current operations. They have an electronic health record system. Examples of that include Athena Health, eClinical Works, ModMed, Dr. Chrono, and probably a couple dozen others that have a good market footprint. Uh, the second system is some sort of patient finance application where patients go in to pay their component of the bill. Uh, and then thirdly, there's a clearinghouse that providers integrate with to submit claims to insurance companies. Uh, and so Adonis uh, was built in a way where it's very extensible and regardless of whatever systems a provider group might be using, we can come in and integrate with them pretty seamlessly uh, and onboard our offering in a quick period of time, uh, which which might sound um, pretty normal in any other industry uh, when you're onboarding new software for it to integrate with other software, but in healthcare, that's never really existed. Uh, and so most medical billing technology companies that want to come in and offer uh, a service to a doctor's office, they're typically coming in with a pitch around, hey, we have a really cool software for you guys to use us. You need to displace these two solutions that you've been using for four or five years. That isn't a, a pitch that is very easy for a clinic to digest because they have to go through a huge wave of change management. Uh, and it's one of the things that I think has allowed us to grow a pretty fast footprint in just a in just a short amount of time. And so you guys have been growing very quickly and you actually just finished a series A. So tell us about that. Tell us what's next. Yeah, absolutely. So to give you a little bit of background on the evolution of the company, uh, we founded the business in 2022. And that was really off the back of both the professional and, and personal experience that uh, had kind of been uh, unraveling over the course of a few months. Uh, and so in the early fall of last year, 2022, Akash and I raised a, a seed round of funding that allowed us to really invest in uh, building and recruiting our foundational team, scaling the, the, the basis of our product, and then also allowed us to go to market and begin to acquire our first cohort of customers. And so in the uh, late winter of, of last year, we started seeing a lot of our, um, our prospects lean in and start to get really interested about working with us, given the compelling value prop around reducing the cost to collect. So taking it from a six to 8% um, fee on top of all reimbursed revenue down to two and a half to 3% fee, as well as the guarantee that we're making on improving collection rates. A lot of these customers started leaning in. And so um, by the beginning of the year, there was a tremendous amount of momentum on the go-to-market front which allowed us to raise uh, a fresh round of capital, uh, a Series A, which we're, um, which we're excited to announce. And so in this next phase of our growth, we really want to take um, that capital and invest in, in continuing to build, build out the team, particularly around research and development. So we want to hire um, the next cohort of really strong engineering talent and really strong technical talent that can help us unlock net new integrations with the dozens of systems Akash was speaking about. Uh, and then we also want to invest in building a world-class uh, marketing and go-to-market function, which means publishing really insightful and thoughtful content similar to 
the work that you and Apoor are doing here on the podcast. It means attending events and 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 uh, meeting with providers that are actually interfacing with these problems on a on a day in and day out basis. And it also means um, uh, creating a brand that um, emanates uh, a lot of the uh, core cultural values of the company um, and allows us to create trust and, and, and transparency with our customers. Why is that so important to you? I like that you talked about the core values. Why is that so important to consider when you're building this company and how you're working to transform healthcare? That's a great question. When, when we interface with a potential buyer of our software, what we're essentially asking them to do is put their faith in our business um, uh, in, in terms of transitioning over the, the core lifeblood of their organization, how they get paid over to, over to Adonis. And so making that leap or making that decision is not a trivial um, undertaking for these healthcare organizations. And so for us to be able to create a brand that is built off of the basis of trust and wanting to do the right thing by the provider and their patients um, we think it's not only a creative to what it is that's important to Akashani, but also a creative to becoming a, a thought leader and a subject matter leader in, in the space. And so it's super important that our cultural values are, are um, aligned with, um, with the brand that we're creating. Why is this the most important thing for you guys? I know it's important that you want to do this as brothers and build this legacy together. Why is this the part of healthcare that you've tackled? What makes this that, you know, the thing that can tip the scales for you guys to truly make a change? If, if you think about um, any of the interoperability that's um, been brought to healthcare or the idea of moving electronic health records to the cloud, or you think about insurers becoming more digital, the whole reason any of that exists is to to improve the flow of money between those that are providing services and those that are taking the services. Um, and it's um, it's been broken for so long. Um, I think in the last, in the 2010s, there was a big wave of uh, really like point solutions solving deep problems within healthcare because the, the, the lean startup model is always um, incentivize people or motivated people to create companies that solve really deep challenges uh, in a small sliver of, of the industry. And what we've learned uh, over the past couple of years is that uh, this, uh, this growth in point solution businesses has actually exacerbated the problem where uh, there's so many solutions in place to solve different problems within different clinics uh, that the connection of those is actually what uh, is actually now breaking processes down. Uh, and so when we began learning about this problem uh, at a deeper level, I think at, a, at, at its core, Amin and I quickly realized that the biggest problem here was one of a data engineering challenge, uh, which is the data lives in so many different places. And to actually accurately solve the problem, we needed to connect it all together. Uh, and so, uh, A, it's, it's a really massive problem that is not going to get solved, in our opinion. B, we knew that it was a data engineering challenge at its core. And that's really uh, the background of both Aman and I. Uh, Aman, as you know, comes from a, from a product background and has spent most of his career building products that connect uh, various large data sets together. And I come from a, a data engineering and a computer science background, and that's been very much my focus as well. And so thematically, I think what we've done throughout our careers is all very, very similar 
from a technical standpoint. Uh, it's just that medical billing and revenue cycle is probably uh, from a from a magnitude of a problem perspective, the biggest that we've seen uh, in terms of the impact that we can bring. Uh, and so we're, we're looking to come in and take a space where one out of every $7 spent on healthcare is actually spent on medical billing. We're trying to figure out how to, how to remove that completely. Uh, but if you think about the one out of seven number, that's 14% of healthcare that's spent on insurance and medical billing related activities. Uh, and if you think about what that additional one out of every $7 can do, think about all the, the pharma research that can go on with that. Think about the better uh, patient experience that providers can deliver uh, after uncovering that additional spend. Think about the additional benefits that insurance companies can give to patients when they don't have to worry about uh, going through this burden of figuring out what claims to prove and deny. I think that's really why we're solving this problem. That's awesome. Thank you guys for being here and sharing this. It was really enlightening to learn about what you're up to with Adonis. Thank you, Stephanie. Appreciate it. And thank you all for watching. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Oh,